know that our God is for us. Yeah, he's for you. What an amazing thing that is, amen? Let's give another shout of praise to our amazing God. Wow, what a blessing it is to know Him and follow Him. Well, welcome everyone, my name is Omar, and I serve as a lead pastor here at Christ Fellowship. And it's a big weekend for us, not only because it's Valentine's weekend, but also because this weekend our Homestead Campus is finally reopening once again. Let's give it up a praise to our great God. Listen, so through this COVID season, the school has not allowed us to come back, but this weekend they're opening up our doors again, and so we cannot wait to go back to the community of Homestead and continue loving and serving that city. Homestead, listen, we are looking forward to see how the Lord is going to use you to reach that community for Christ. So we're praying for you. Well, you know, at the start of this year, we started a journey through the Gospel of Mark, and we are in a series called Miracle Worker. And we've been looking at the miracles of Jesus, some selected miracles from the Gospel of Mark. And we've been seeing how the miracle, when Jesus did a miracle, it wasn't just to put on, it wasn't just to put on a show. It wasn't without purpose. But rather, every single time that our Lord did a miracle, there was a purpose behind it. There was something that He wanted to teach us. And today we're going to see how He's going to teach us that He came down here to serve us. And so... I'm looking forward to diving into God's Word. I hope you are too. And so wherever you find yourself right now, open up your Bibles to Mark chapter 1, verse 29, and also to Mark chapter 10, verse 45. And you can just follow along with me as I read, all right? Listen to what God's Word says. It says, And immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and her fever left her. And then listen to what Mark chapter 10 says. It says, for even the Son of Man came not to be what? Come on a little louder. Not to be what? Not to be served. But to what? But to serve to give his life as a ransom for many. What an amazing Lord we have. Amen. You can go ahead and take a seat, everybody, at all campuses. You know, one of the shows that came out in the, pretty much in the last decade is a show called Undercover Boss. How many of you right now at all campuses, by show of hands, have seen this show? By show of yeah, many of us. If you're watching online, you can just put a little thumbs up right there in the chat room. And uh, for those of you who have never seen this show, let me just give you a quick overview of what takes place. Because every episode centers around the CEO or the president of a company. And they kind of want to know what's happening, really what's happening in, their, in, you know, in the ground floor. And so here's what they do. They leave their fancy office in a high-rise, and they come down to the, to the floor, to the ground floor, to work alongside the employees. But family, they don't come down in their fancy suit. Oh, no. They put on a regular uniform, hence the word undercover. So they go undercover, and they just start working like a regular worker there at the company. And family, as, the, as each episode develops, you'll see that the CEO or the, or the president, whoever it is, they get to know more about really what's happening there in that company. 
But in the process, they also learn the, the individual struggles of the employees. In fact, there was one episode where the CEO of a sporting goods store came down and he started working alongside this lady named Angel. And as he was working alongside of her, he began to realize that she had some personal issues going on in her life, including the fact that she was homeless. In fact, take a look at how that episode ends in that, in, in that season. Amazing. And you know, family, the, the reason when we watch that scene, the reason we all love watching that is because there's something special to see someone who has power, to see someone who has authority, not use that power and authority to demand that people serve them, but rather to see that person with authority, to see that person with power, use their position to serve others. And every time we see that show, right, there's something special when we, see, when, when we see those things. Now, family, let me just bring all that over to our time together. Because church family, what an image of our Lord. And by that, I mean, listen, that just like that CEO, use his power, use his position of authority to serve that lady. Listen, just like that, but in a, in a much greater degree. Listen, our Lord Jesus Christ, when he was on this earth, he used his power, he used his authority to serve those people in need. Now, you may be wondering, well, Omar, what, what exactly, how exactly did Jesus serve people while he was on this earth? And how does that impact my life today? Because that was a long time ago. So what does that impact, how does that apply to me today? Well, we're going to find out from Mark chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles at all campuses online, turn them to Mark chapter 1. You can also open up your Christ Fellowship apps, and there's a passage in the fill in the blanks. But today I have two thoughts for you on how Jesus served people while he was on this earth. So write this down as point number one. Jesus served people through miracles. Now let's go to the passage for today. Let's do what it says. It says, and immediately... He left the synagogue, right, what we covered last week, right? He left the synagogue, and he entered the house of Simon, which is Peter. So he entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told her about her. Now, folks, pause right there for just a moment. Let me just help give you a little context of what's going on. Because the gospel of Mark... 
was written by this man called John Mark, a young man named John Mark. Now, Mark was not one of the 12 disciples. He was not an apostle. But rather, Mark was a young man that the apostle Peter was discipling. And so in reality, the gospel of Mark is the life of Jesus from the perspective of Peter. Now, when people look at the gospels, they often ask, why are there four gospels? Right? Why are there four stories that really tell the life of Jesus? Why not just have one big, good gospel and then call it a day? Well, family, there's several reasons for that, but one of the main reasons is that each, each gospel gives a different account or a different perspective of the life of Jesus. In fact, let me just give you a quick illustration to help you understand how each gospel works. And for that, I'm going to call our former senior pastor, Pastor Rick Blackwood, to come out here. So can we give it up for Pastor Rick as he comes out for just one moment? Yeah, there he is. Pastor Rick is coming now. He asked me to, to make him a little taller than he is, you know, so we can be in the same life. But anyway, so this Pastor Rick, which we all love, and imagine that each of these signs are cameras, right? Imagine they're all cameras. Now, here's what's interesting. Even though it's one Pastor Rick living the one life, the same life, each camera, right, you know, recording or taking a picture of Pastor Rick is going to capture a different perspective of him, right? For example, one camera may, may take one angle, may take the perspective of, of, of Pastor Rick's, um, how, of, of how he is a, uh, a father to his daughters, right? Another angle could take him of how he's a husband to Rhonda. Another perspective could be that he is um, a, a pastor or, a, or another angle, another perspective could be of a friend. So folks, listen, it's the same Pastor Rick living that same one life. But family, depending on what angle you, you, you capture, you see a different angle, a different perspective of Pastor Rick. Now, now let me just show you kind of how it applies to Jesus. In fact, I'm going to come, ask him to come out really quick just to change it. Guys, get up for our production team. All right, so, so for example, let's suppose right, right there is Jesus. And so each of these represents a different gospel. And so, for example, when we look at the gospel of Matthew, the perspective that he's going to give us of the life of Jesus is that of a king. See, the way that Matthew writes about Jesus, the story of Jesus, it's more describing as the promised king that came to save us. And so as you, as you read through the Gospel of Matthew, you'll see that he emphasizes certain things that will be kind of kingly, right? For example, like all, the, um, all the, the, the lineage of Jesus and all the things that revolve with the king. And so Matthew emphasizes the kingship of Jesus. Now, when we look at the Gospel of Luke, what he emphasizes is the humanity of Jesus, you see, when you read the Gospel of Luke, he's very clinical. And so what he's trying to prove in many ways is that Jesus was a man who actually lived on this earth. And so in many ways, Luke is really emphasizing the humanity of our Lord. Now, when you look at the Gospel of John, it's a little different. Because the Gospel of John is a little different than the other ones. And he's going to emphasize the deity of Christ. The fact that he was God in the flesh. Yes, he was fully man, as we see in Luke, but he's also fully God. 
In fact, many of the statements that Jesus makes that really make, uh, make clear that he is God in the flesh are all found in John. Why? Because he's emphasizing that perspective of our Lord. But when we go to the Gospel of, of Mark, he shows us a different angle. He shows us as a servant, specifically a suffering servant. And so as Mark, as, you, as we go through the Gospel of Mark, as Mark is writing from Peter's perspective, right, he's really emphasizing how Jesus came to serve us. And so many of the, of the key statements that Jesus made about serving other people are oftentimes found in Mark. And so does that make sense how all these different Gospels give a different perspective, okay? So the Gospel of Mark emphasizes the fact that he was a suffering servant. And, was so, and, so, and so it's interesting that right after he finished off showing his position of power and authority at the synagogue, which we covered last week, the very first thing that we see is that he goes and he shows his servant heart. In fact, let's go back to the text and listen to what it says. It says this. We can get it right here in the, oh, it's, I guess, in their line. Okay, so it says, and he came and he took her by the hand and lifted her up and the fever left her. Now, family, this was significant because according to tradition, it is improper to touch a feverish individual in that culture. But Jesus here breaks this unbiblical custom and heals this woman. And here's what I love about our Lord, right? He's coming off from a moment, which we covered last week, right, where he casts this demon out, right? He's showing his power. He's showing all of his authority. And the very next thing that he does is that he goes to this poor woman who is in need, who's close to death, and he serves her. And you see, what the glorious thing about our Lord is this, write this down as letter A and B, is that Jesus did not use his power so that people would serve him. But rather, instead, write this down as letter B, Jesus used his power to what? To serve people. You know, one of the most fascinating things about Jesus is that although he is the infinite God, although he is the God who holds all things, but sustains all things by the word of his power, Scripture shows us that he came down to serve us, to serve you. See, this is why later on in Mark 10.45 it says this, For even the Son of Man came not to be what? Served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The church family, I know there is a passage that many of us have probably heard before, but I just want us to stop for a moment and just marvel at this verse, at this concept. Listen, don't, don't minimize it in your, in your mind. Because if you think about it, what other God in this world is described, is depicted as a God who serves people? The answer is none. And here's why. It's because when sinful, selfish human beings, when in our mind, when we create a God in our minds, right, when we see all these false religions, when we create a, a God in our minds, it's never a God who serves 
um, that, we, that, that, that is never a God that serves us. It is always a God that we serve. And here's why. It's because deep in our hearts is that we are sinful, selfish human beings. And so when we try to, con- to, to think of what a God would be like, and we create a mind in our go- a, a God in our minds of, of how they would be, it's always a reflection of what's in our heart. And so when human beings create gods, it's always a greater expression of our sinfulness, of our selfishness. But family, don't miss this. When we encounter the one true God, we see something different. And we see a God who what? Who serves us. And so every time that Jesus did a miracle, and he did many miracles, and I wish we could go through all of them in this series, but we can't. But folks, every single time that he did a miracle, listen, he was showing the people that he was a servant, that he would be a suffering servant for them. And family, the greatest expression, the greatest way that he showed us how much of a servant he was to us, to his people, was by dying on a cross for us. Amen? In fact, listen to what God's word says in the book of Philippians. It says this, have this mind among yourselves, Christ fellowship. Listen, have this mind, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. You see, church family, the greatest expression of the servanthood of Jesus to us is a cross, amen? The cross is the apex, is the greatest revelation of what a suffering servant Christ was to us. And family, here's the thing, when someone truly understands, listen, what, what Christ has done for us, what Christ has done for you, listen, something naturally starts taking place. In fact, write this down as big number two. People served by Jesus naturally serve him. They naturally serve him. Now, let's go back to the text and listen carefully to what happens next. It says, and he came and he took her by the hand, lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to what? A little louder. What? To serve them. Now, folks, notice. Because right after she is healed, she stands up and she begins to serve. She begins to attend to the needs of people. Whatever it was needed for Jesus' disciples, whatever was needed to help further the gospel at that point, listen, she began to serve them. And family, here's what I love about this passage. It said, for this woman, listen, no one had to convince her that she should serve. No one had to preach a sermon to her 
that she's a serf. Listen, no one had to debate back and forth, should you serve, should you not. Listen, there was no debate. In fact, there was no big accommodations that had to be done. Because what? The moment that she realized, listen, that she was served by, by the Lord, listen, her natural inclination was to what? Was to serve. And folks, here's what I would say today. If you are here today at one of our campuses watching us online, and you are a believer in Christ, if you know what he has done for you, how he suffered for you, how he died for your sins, how he, today he is still guiding you, he's still protecting you, he is providing for you. Every plate of meal you have on, on your table comes from the hand of God, and he is still, yeah, and he is still serving you. He's preparing a place for you. If there's something, listen, when you truly understand what our God has done for us, there should be a natural desire to serve the Lord. Amen? There should be something in you that wants to serve. In fact, one of the clearest indications that a person has put their faith in Christ, that they have a relationship with the Lord, is that little by little, listen, their selfish desire to be served is overcome with a selfless, Christ-like desire to serve. Now, let me repeat that. One of the clearest indications that a person has truly come to know Christ, right, has understood what the Lord has done for them, is that their selfish desire to be served begins to be overcome by the selfless, Christ-like desire to serve, to do whatever's necessary to serve the Lord, to serve his people, to, share, to serve and, so we can move the gospel forward, right? There's something there that should be a natural desire. In other words, when someone truly understands what happens, there's a transition that takes place in their life. They, they go from being consumers to being co-laborers. See, at one point they were just coming to church and consuming, consuming, and now they go and they are, what, co-laborers with Christ. And family, the reason that I say that with confidence is because there was a point in my life where that transition took place. See, I came to know Christ really early on in my life, and I used to come to church, put on my clothes, I would, you know, try to look nice, whatever, come to church, you know, write my Bible, I would listen to the music, I would listen to the pastor, I would go home, and that would be it. But family, the moment that I started really understanding the gospel, when I started really understanding what the Lord has done for me, how much he loves me, how my life has changed, listen, the moment that I truly started understanding, I started growing in my understanding of the gospel, there was something in me that I went from being a consumer to a co-laborer, and I began to serve. See, folks, the reason that I did that, that, and many people do that, is because the moment that you truly understand what God has done for you, it should melt your heart to such a degree that you just naturally want to serve. Family, I know that when preachers preach on this, it's easy, we're guilty sometimes of romanticizing and serving. Because we talk about serving and how amazing it is, but here's the reality. When we come to serve, we got to be real about the cost of serving. In fact, write this down as letter A and B. Listen, serving 
will cost you time and serving will cost you effort. You know, just like it costs time and effort for Jesus to come to this earth to serve us, to die for us, right? Just like that. Listen, serving will cost you time. You may have to get to church a little earlier. You may have to leave a little later. You might have some time during the week that you have to do certain, certain things. Listen, serving will cost you effort. We get tired after serving at times, right? Especially at our, at our set-up campus. Listen, when we have to get there at 5.45, 6 a.m. to set up a campus, listen, we get tired. When we go on an outreach, we get tired. When we're out there greeting people, listen, we get tired, right? It, it costs us effort and it costs us inconvenience as well. Because sometimes, listen, you may have to forego other things for the sake of serving the Lord. But family, even though there is a cost to serving, write this down as letter C. Serving will draw you closer to Jesus. Amen? It will draw you closer to the Lord. See, understand this, that when you follow the example of Christ, there's something about serving that naturally draws you to the Lord. And I think it is because the moment that you start serving and you start following the Lord and you start doing that, I guess you start identifying yourself with Christ. And so what happens is, and it's, and it's like that in anything in life, right? You know, you know when you go through something hard in life or you do something difficult and you team up with different people, right? After that whole thing, you, you come out stronger, you become closer to that person, same thing is with the Lord, right? When you start following his example of how he served us, something happens that you just draw closer and closer to the Lord. In fact, listen, here's what I would suggest to you, and this may be a little bit of a bold statement. But if you are someone who knows the Lord, who knows what he's done for you, and you're not serving, and there's no reason for you not to serve. It's not like you're a high-risk individual, nowhere in the middle of COVID, or there's an ailment, or there's something really going on in your life. But if you're just not serving for any reason, I would suggest that you're not as close to Jesus as you think you are. Now, folks, think about this. It's odd for some, it's hard to say, for someone to say, that I know Christ as Savior, I know what he's done for me, I know how he suffered for me, I know everything he's done for my life, how he died for me, how he served me, but I just don't feel like serving. Listen, I'm not saying that you're not a believer, and I'm not saying that you don't love the, but there's something there, that there's a disconnect, right? If, 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 you may not be as mature in your walk with Christ as you think you are. Because there's something that happens that when you serve the Lord, when you serve his people, when you start serving the Lord, that you start drawing closer to him and you start growing in your knowledge of the Lord. See, folks, this is why the when Jesus was with the disciples and he finished washing their feet, he looked at them all in the eye and said this. Listen to what he said. He said this. He said, if I then your, what? Your Lord. If I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. 
For I have given you an example that you also should just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. See, family, imagine that right after that scene, and Jesus uttered those words. Imagine if one of the disciples said, you know what? I hear you, I hear you Jesus, but I don't want to serve. I don't want to do anything. What would you say? I mean, how would you look at that disciple? You would say, well, maybe they're not as close to the Lord as they think they are. Or there's something off there. You see what I'm saying? But here's the thing, when the moment you start serving the Lord, there's something special that happens that you just start naturally drawing close to the Lord and you just feel something. You experience things that you couldn't otherwise experience. In fact, let me end with this. You know, in my walk with Christ, in my walk with Christ, there's been moments that I've felt really close to the Lord. Very, very special times. And I wish I could tell you that those moments... Or when I, when I was on the stage with all the bright lights on me or maybe out there saying hi to people or an outreach with a lot of people. But you know, family, sometimes those, the, the most special moments that I've experienced with God has been when I've just been doing a simple task all by myself. You know, when I first got to Christ Fellowship over 10 years ago, one of my responsibilities here at Christ Fellowship was I was a young adults director. Which, by the way, we have a phenomenal young adults ministry. So if you're not plugged in, I would encourage you to, to look into it. It's phenomenal. And I remember every single Tuesday night, they, all, everyone used to come. And we used to have a time of worship and studying God's Word. And they had some fun together, break off into small groups. But at the end of the night, they will all leave, and I was responsible to closing down the building and making sure things were look good. So before I left, I would walk back in the room. I would turn on the worship music, and here's what I would do. I just began to sweep. I just began to sweep. When no one around, just, I would just I would began to sweep. And family, can I tell you, listen, in those moments... When I was by myself with the Lord, doing such a simple task, those are the moments I just felt so close to God. You know, there's those moments that you just can't replicate. You're there with Him, you feel His presence, you're talking with Him, you're thinking about things, He's showing you things. And so sometimes there's a level of closeness that you can only achieve when you serve the Lord, when you, when you get close to Him, when you follow his example. You know, when we ask you to serve here at Christ Fellowship, it's not just because we need volunteers. That's not the reason. Listen, part of the discipleship process is for you to serve because we know that when you begin to serve, something happens in your heart that you draw closer to the Lord and you experience things that you normally wouldn't be able to. And so I want to challenge you. Listen, if you're someone right now that perhaps... Uh, you are currently serving. Listen, I want to encourage you, keep at it. Listen, the Lord sees all your hard work and effort. He sees your diligence and he is pleased with you. So I want to encourage you, keep at it. Even when things are hard, keep at it because it is such a critical part 
of your walk with Christ. Maybe perhaps you were serving before a long time ago and you stopped for whatever reason. Maybe you stopped during COVID. And I understand, you know, that we had to take a pause in many ways. It's perfectly normal. It's fine. But if, you, if, if you're not high risk, if you're feeling good, if you're, if you're going out and eating at every restaurant and going to every store and you're going to the mall, I would encourage you, if, if you feel like you're at the right time, then come back and start serving the Lord. And maybe you're out there right now, you're, perhaps you've, you've never served the Lord. Maybe you feel like, man, maybe the Lord is calling you to start serving in just a small capacity. It doesn't have to be big, just, just to take that step. Listen, if that's you, if you feel like, man, I, I'm ready to, to start serving for the first time, or you used to serve, but haven't really been plugged in for a while, listen, today is a great day to take that step and get back involved, right? In fact, this week we're having our team night on Wednesday night, and it's going to be really, really special at all of our campuses. We're going to, are you guys excited about team night? Yeah? Yeah, so am I. I think it's going to be a great night at every campus. We're going to have worship a word of encouragement from our campus pastors. And then we're going to break off into groups, into different ministries, and we're going to get training, we're going to get updated in certain things. And so for those of you who are, if you're serving, I want to encourage you, be part of this. It's going to be a really special night at all of our campuses. But maybe you're stepping in and you say, man, I would like to know more. Listen, come on Wednesday night and just get, to, it's almost like an open house. Come and figure things out, hear the ministries, see what's going on, just get your feet wet and start getting involved. And in a few moments, listen, if that's you, if you feel like, man, I feel like I want to start serving in just a small capacity. Listen, here's what I'm going to ask you to do in a few moments, okay? In a few moments, I'm going to ask you to uh, just text, text the text number 313131, and you're going to text the, the, the word CF serve, okay? And when you text that word, you're going to get a link, and then you'll be able to um, si- sign up. In fact, we have a quick video. I think we have it right here. Yeah, you just put 313131, you send that text. You click, you uh, write CF serve. Here's what will happen. You'll get a link. You click on that link. And then it goes to, the, to this, to this web page. You fill out in your information. Very simple. And, uh, and then at the bottom, you'll see that there's a ministry. And you can just scroll. You got CF Kids, online, students, guest services, security, setup, teardown, production, worship, whatever ministry it is. Listen, when you sign up, if you, if you decide, if you feel led to, here's what I would just say. Listen, you're not signing up for life. <laughs> this is not a legal document. Here's what you're saying. You're saying, you know, Omar, I know that I need to start serving like Jesus served me. And I just want more information. And then so whatever ministry you put that you're interested in, they're going to follow up with you, whether it's kids or students. Maybe you have a heart for disciple young uh, teenagers or greet people as they're coming in and get services and the worship team, productions, and whatever the case may be. Listen, we are here to serve you. We want to help you get connected into that ministry team so that you can start doing what God created you to do. And I am telling you, when you do that, it's going to be a special moment. You're going to start seeing to see st- steps in your life. And even you're going to start experiencing things you've never experienced. Why? Because there's some things that you can only experience when you follow the example of the Lord. When you identify yourself with Him. And so there's a perfect opportunity to do so. Okay? So before I, want to, before I, I give you some time to, to sign up if you're interested, I'm going to pray for you. And then I'm going to give you about 15, 20 seconds for yourself to fill out. And then, and then the campus pastor will give you more information on your campus, okay? So at all campus, let me bow your heads. Let me pray for us, and then I'm going to give you some time. 
My Lord, when your children look up and we see, oh Lord, what you have done for us, how you have served us. Father, there's a natural desire that we want to serve, oh Lord. We want to serve you. We want to serve your people. And so, my Lord, I pray for all of us today, for the people who are already serving. Father, I pray that you would encourage them, Lord. And for those of us who maybe used to serve or are taking the first step to, 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 to serve now, my Lord, even though it's a simple form that they're filling out, Father, I pray, oh Lord, that it will be a very special moment for them. Because it's a first step in them walking towards obedience and following and doing what you're asking them to do. And so, my Lord, I pray right now that as people online, people at different campuses, as they are pulling out those forms soon, Lord, I pray that it be a special moment and that you will lead them, Lord, to the ministry that you have and the place where you have created for them so that you, they can serve you just like you serve them. So, Father, bless our people. Now, listen, Jesus, let me pray. Amen.